Coming up on this edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And the pastor ought to be involved. And you know, sure. and you go, well, I'm going to scare him off. Yeah. Well, you do want to scare that guy off. I mean, a Christian guy should accept that she's not his toy. That's right. Neither is a wife, by the way. But uh, and she and he is under accountability with her. But we're going to. I, here's the thing: young men are to be responsible for the commitment level of relationship. Welcome to another edition of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. As usual, I'm your host, William Hill, and today is January 19th, 2016. This is broadcast number 98. And as those of you who listen to the podcast faithfully and and regularly, you know that we are um, currently uh, running a series of uh, interviews and discussions with uh, conference speakers for the GPTS Spring Theology Conference that'll happen in March of this year. And so today we're going to be talking with uh, Dr. Rick Phillips. He's the senior minister of uh, Second Presbyterian Church in Greenville, South Carolina. And he's in studio this morning to talk with us about his topic, which is uh, an important one. It's on the, the topic of courtship, marriage, dating, you know, all those different issues that center around that subject. And so we're going to get to Dr. Phillips in just a minute. Let me bring everybody up to speed a little bit on what we're doing here. Um, as I just indicated, we're doing conference speakers for the next month month and a half or a month or so, and then we're going to shift gears and work on some other things. But um, just remember that we do have a website. It's confessingourhope.com. We also have a mobile app that's available for Android and iOS, and uh, I think also the Windows phone, but don't quote me on that one. Who uses it? I'm not sure. Um, But anyway... And so you have those avenues by which you can listen to the podcast, either the recorded version or if you're listening live, uh, then you can do it that way as well. So um, we're kind of branching out into different areas, uh, trying to promote the seminary, promote the podcast and talk about very important issues and topics that we are facing uh, in our culture today. So speaking of that, it's a good uh, Dr. Phillips to have you on again. Um, You've been a guest before, so you know how to do this. And um, your topic, it's... uh, it's critical, isn't it? I mean, in a culture we're in now, uh, we're, we're facing all kinds of issues in the marriage realm, uh, certainly, but just even before that, before we can get to marriage, we have the whole dating and courtship question that's been around for a while. Well, I'm, one of the broad issues we face is uh, learning to think and act biblically in a mm-hmm. culture where the assumptions are so often tragically wrong and contrary to the wisdom of God's word. So we need to, particularly in the major relational issues of life that are, you know, so important to us, um, we need to think and act biblically, and and God will bless that. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy to talk about this. Yep. So you'll be speaking on uh, Thursday morning. Evening. Um, is it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday morning from 9 to 10.15 at the conference. Did you know that? I thought you meant this. This our our dating seminar this weekend. No, you, well, we could talk about that too. But yes, I will be at the conference. Looking forward to the yeah, seminar. Well, tell the listeners about what you just mentioned. I didn't even know about it. I think. Well, maybe I heard about it. We are having a biblical dating seminar this Thursday night at Second Presbyterian Church. I think we're having a meal at six p.m. I think it's ten dollars for the meal. And then my wife and I are going to be speaking from our dating book, oh, that's right. which is Holding Hands, Holding Hearts, A Biblical Approach to Dating. And so uh, would welcome listeners. It's not really for teenagers, just the audience. If you're uh, college and post-college, you really it's a different group than teenagers. And so the group we're aiming for is the college and post-college. But would welcome people to come to think and act biblically. And uh, everywhere I go, it's probably been about 10 years since my wife and I put out our dating book. Everywhere I go and speak, somebody thanks me for that book and shows me, and, the, and they present me their children or their wife come up, and, and, and because the Word of God is sure. a great help. Sure. And so I'm really excited both to talk about it now and Thursday night, Second Presbyterian Church, 105 River Street, Greenville. Uh, we'll be having a, de- a dating seminar. Absolutely. That's excellent. $10, uh, you get fed as well, both ways, spiritually and physically. So uh, very good. Now, this issue of courtship and dating, um, I'm a father of two uh, grown daughters now, one married, and uh, successfully um, went through uh, that process in in some sense. But to be honest with you, I was lost. Uh, I was 
struggled with that subject because I didn't exactly know what to do. Yeah. Um, and I had friends that had gone through it and I told them to take notes and then pass them to me so I know, <laughs> so I know yeah. what to do when I get to that point. But I, I, my experience with dads when, they, when their daughters get to that point is they feel like they're just kind of wandering around trying to figure this out as they go. And it often doesn't go very well when they do that. And so what kind of guidance? When we talk about courtship, let's define terms. What, what is courtship? Well, I mean, the courtship dating, I kiss dating goodbye. I, I'm not as motivated for that. I mean, I think what we would categorize as courtship, not all of our young adults are able to do that. They don't mm-hmm. have godly families. Mm-hmm. They're living far from home. I think that there are some biblical principles that you'll find in courtship that we want to aspire to. But I, I do think uh, the courtship complex implies a social context that may not be universal. I have no problem using the word dating uh, as long as we're going to look at it biblically. And the first thing we want to ask ourselves methodologically, obviously the Bible doesn't talk about dating. You know, one, At the beginning of our book we say, what does the Bible say about dating? Nothing yep. and everything. Everything from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 is relevant to it. Yep. And so we have a social construct today that is different from the social construct of Old Testament Israel or, or whatnot. And so it is that that's true, but uh, how do we think biblically about it? Well, I think the first thing we want to say is the the romantic relationship in the Bible is marriage. Mm. That would be your romantic relationship. Um, and so we want to then work backward from marriage. And so we're going to look at Christian dating or Christian courtship. Um, from a perspective of its relationship to the marriage relationship. And so one of the first things we say is Christians date with an eye towards marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's an important statement. I, I'm not saying Christians date in, in a marital context alone. Ladies, do not show up in a wedding dress. Do not talk about your china. Guys, you know, you do not. I actually had a young lady say to me many years ago, uh, we went on a date and he told me I had to submit to him on the date. What should I do? I said, change your phone number. <laughs> 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 Never see this guy again. Right, uh, right. But, but we don't date just to scratch our itch. Mm-hmm. And look, men, even beyond sexuality, men need feminine companionship. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a single guy, you need girls. And you're, you're, that's a drive. Well, you are not, Christian dating is not to have your drives met. Right. And uh, likewise for young ladies, uh, if you think, well, well, here's one of the things I want to say up front. The regular arrangement in the Bible is for marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage young Christians to, have a mentality that says it is not good for the man to be alone. Now, you may say, well, I'm an exception. Well, the Bible talks about, 1 Corinthians talks about the gift of singleness. Mm-hmm. Part of that is no sex drive. So you're not listening to this podcast if that's you. So there are people out there, I've met only a couple or three, right. who do not who have the gift of singleness. Paul says it's great. I'll let him enjoy it. I'm, I, that's not one of the gifts. It's not I my admire. gift. <laughs> so, um, so if that's you, then don't date. Right. Because you're just toying with, you know. But now if you say, no, it's not me. Well, I'm just not ready for marriage. Well, then get ready for marriage. I mean, prepare your character. It is not good for you to be alone. And so we want to create uh, a way of thinking among our young men. This is one of the most important things we can do. That says, you know, for me, adulthood means preparation and pursuit in a godly way of marriage. Right. And one of the most healthy things that could happen is if our young adults could get married early in young adulthood. It, it is generally better. Now, maybe your situation is more particular, but as a generalization, it is biblically better for you to get married in your early 20s than in your late 20s. Mm-hmm. We are not designed emotionally, sexually, even physically. I mean, all the medical studies show it uh, for singleness. And so uh, now the, the girls kind of are up on that. Yeah. Uh, the problem today is the young men. So we need to be raising our young men with an eye the sense that I am not dating so that I can enjoy girls. Right. I will date at the right time in pursuit in a godly way of marriage. Now that's gonna change the dynamics from before the first date. And so then and, and so and we're gonna adopt a covenantal framework. Young men should interact with young ladies in an analogous way 
to how husbands relate to their wives. And maybe we'll, we'll talk about that more. I'd, I'd like to talk about that in more detail. Absolutely. But the, the covenantal nurture, the covenanter, you know, you, you don't have the right to demand her to submit to you in dating, and you do not. But you do have the obligation to care for her and to put her interests ahead of your own. Now, when you say submit, um, clearly you mean it in the Ephesians 5 yeah. way. And, and why is that? Why is... The, I mean, obviously, I know the answer to this question. It certainly you do. But why? Why is it in a dating context? Does the why young lady submit to your own husbands? Right. And so, in that context, and when you talk about the covenantal relationship, you're really in that sense. Then, would you agree then that really the daughter still belongs to her dad? Absolutely. But there's an analogy for her as young as well. She wants to uh, encourage his godly leadership. Mm-hmm. Now she doesn't yield her trust to him yet. <laughs> And and her and I do think that accountability and covenantal oversight is an important aspect of Christian dating. Uh, but even she's going to be in a helper mode. <laughs> you know, the young ladies say, you know, the problem is these knucklehead guys. And I'm 25. I'd love to date and get right. married, but they're just so incompetent and they don't know what they're doing. Well, the answer is to help them. That's right. <laughs> be a help. You know how to do this. I, I don't know how you do it, but you all do know how you do it. And you know, I like him, but I can't tell him. Well, you have your, you know, smile at him and be attentive to him. I mean, so young ladies should be helping. If you're on a date, you're on a first date with a socially awkward guy, your job is not to judge him, but help him with the social awkwardness and and start cultivating. See, what we need to be doing, it's not only for the dating relationship itself, although it is for that. We need to be practicing and cultivating the habits that will make us successful in marriage. So the first thing I want to say, I'm kind of getting beyond it, maybe too quickly, is that a Christian approach to dating is in reference to marriage. Mm-hmm. So if you're not interested in marriage, fine. It's your life. Don't ask any girls in my church out because, as a rule, they are. And they should, and bully for them. They, they, they'd be biblically foolish not to be. And so, um, so that's the attitude. And then we're going to look at the dynamics, uh, and we've already started doing this, the dynamics of the, marriage relation, of the dating relationship are going to be analogized backward from marriage. Let me ask you a real quick question, just out of my own experience. I, I already mentioned I have two daughters, one not married, um, praying fervently uh, for a godly man. Um, but she called me one time, and this really fits your first point, I think, very nicely. She called me once and said, you know, this, this guy is a Christian, uh, wants to go out on a date. I said, okay. Uh, and I asked her, I said, is he a kind of man that you could marry? She goes, no. I said, so why do you want to go out? Well, here's the problem, though. One of the dangers is we're judging the single men vis-a-vis the married men. The married men have the great advantage of being married. Right. So, I mean, on one hand, we want to make sure they have godly character. Yep. And their commitments are in the right place. But, you know, he's not going to be as mature as a married man. As a general rule. Now, single guys are going, oh, you're talking down to us. No, there's a benefit to marriage. And well, I think, a, so yeah. I want to say, let's not, be, let's not be too demanding, but let's make sure they have a sincere commitment to the Lord. We have a chapter in our book on, yep. on attraction. Sure. And, we, and look at the book of Proverbs. Yep. Is well, he kind? Is he responsible? Is he walking closely with the Lord? Does he respond to the Lord? Is, is his heart soft to the word of the Lord? Um, so we want to... We want to Add in proverbial wisdom to attraction, but I, I, you're right. I don't think she was. I think the situation for her was not so much even. I can't marry him. It was. It was really kind of more fundamental in in the sense of he just doesn't trip my trigger. If you want to use that language, well, you know that's true. That's important too. Uh, this morning I was doing devotions with my children and my wife, and we we're doing Samson. You know where he says. Uh, a woman is <laughs> yeah, right. good in my sight. Get woman for me, and you know, uh, and <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's clear what he's talking about. Sure. Well, that is part of it. Yeah. And this whole idea of well, it's not important for me to be sexually attracted. Uh, have you read Song of Solomon? Yeah. <laughs> it is advice. important for you to have a, a sexual interest in the other person. Absolutely. But it just as a principle. See, we've already made such a big difference, if we'll just say this. So Christian men and Christian women and and their covenant heads, their pastors, their parents, should have an attitude that says dating is a premarital activity. It's not a random so I mean you just think it's so it's not a recreational activity. That, well put, yeah. It's the heartbreak of what's going on on our college campuses. Yep, that's right. And you read about the hookup culture and it is 
horrifying and and the women are just being of course the women are just being treated like dirt and they feel it uh, every article i've ever read these women who are having sex with different men all the time are terribly depressed yep. of course they are but where the men are also you know they're they're, they're reaping the, the wind and they're going to sow the whirlwind um we need to have a mentality that says yes uh this is a premarital activity now then we're going to start cultivating actively the virtues and behaviors and characters and the attitudes that marriage biblically is going to call for. And we're going to start, this is what we want to say, we want to start practicing those in a dating concept from before the first date. Mm -hmm. If, you know, help him. You're at a singles gathering, and there's a group of women, there's a group of guys, and the guys are awkward. Yes, ladies, <laughs> this is a general phenomenon. So what are, how do we help them with their awkwardness? Go over and talk to them and smile at them and, and, you know, and interact with them and make it easier on these awkward, you know, that, yeah. But, and so, and the guys want to have a, a covenantal protectiveness and nurture from before they're dating. Yep. Now, see, if, if we just would do that, I mean, we'd be having marriages left and right. Yep. I mean, you, you, you get on this track and you're having marriages. Yep. Yep. So the dynamics of this dating relationship, what, what does that look like? Well, if you look at Genesis 2, and of course that's what we're going to do, all through the Bible when questions are about how God designed human society, um, and that's what you have, the design of covenant society and the covenant mandates in uh, Genesis 2, um, you're going to see that uh, Sharon and I in our book break it out as commitment, intimacy, and interdependence. The relationship is is that God design has commitment to it, and, and you know even, uh, you know therefore a man shall leave his mother and father and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. Mm -hmm. The marital institution is designed to bond commitment. You know people say I had, I had ladies say to me, you know he's committed to me, he's not willing to marry me. No, that's an oxymoron. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> the, uh, hogwash. The, uh, <laughs> the committed relationship is marriage. Now, right. and there are. And, of course, a relationship works up that way. Yep. And so here's the deal. If you're a guy, and let's just jump ahead and say this. If you're a man, you are to take responsibility for the, for the dynamics of your relationship. Again, already, you know, young ladies, they're dating for five years. Can we talk about our relationship? Oh, why do you bring that up? Women are not to be in that situation. Right. The man is to say, you know, I, I've, I was on my, I've been out three times with Sharon. Uh, when we were dating in Philadelphia, and I we got to our third after our third date, I said, uh, "Hey, can we talk about our relationship?" Well, already women are she's very blessed just because he says that. And I said to her, "Look, we've been out three times. We've known each other a bit. I'm attracted to you. Maybe you are to me, and uh, I think we've done well. What say we have a dating relationship? And maybe the Lord would bless that to marriage. We're not there now, but let's go from been out a couple of times to a courting or a dating couple so what i've what have i done i have clarified for her mm -hmm. where we stand and the the intimacy commitment and intimacy walk hand in hand you know the, on a first date you can't be very intimate nope. if you say well i bore my soul with him on the first date well do not expect your phone to ring and you are biblically foolish right and you know, people are like well it's the first date you know you're just it's, you're putting your best foot forward Duh, of course you are. And it is not a committed relationship. And so you're getting to know each other. And after a while, maybe you maybe there's an exclusivity that forms to it. I think that's appropriate to you know, people say, well, we'll group date until marriage. Well, that's not healthy for the young lady. It's not healthy for the relationship. But why? Why is that? Because marriage because the, the marriage dynamic is one of exclusivity and and not not of anonymity. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, I think one of the principles is that a Christian couple should never be out anonymously. Right. There ought to be accountability structures and people should know they're there and they, you know, the next day godly people should say, How did it go? <laughs> but it is a one on one. I'm not against group activities, but sooner or later you've got to become a couple yeah that's not where it fosters yeah it doesn't foster now but you're you're dating uh that's going to have limits on your intimacy mm -hmm. that is not the biblically you're moving forward i mean you know and you maybe you're holding hands now maybe you're ta touch talking every day maybe you have some expectations of you know of of communications now frankly if you're dating you 
text 24-7 is what goes on now. Which in some respects is healthy. It's true. A lot of times it's the heart communicating. They get to know each other very well Facebook. But you have a commitment level right. to which there is appropriate intimacy level. And so you then begin to develop intimacy. You know, I just read an article. that I'm going to write a blog post on this that was fascinating. Some scientist has said that he can produce romantic love. And they, they have the, they come into the laboratory and they have a series of questions and you, and you answer them. And the questions become increasingly intimate. And it's like a four-hour one-on-one process. You know, uh, what was the, what, what, what's your greatest fear? You, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of it's trivial mm-hmm. things, then something deep. Yep. You know, we'll tell me about your relationship with your mother. And then it gets on and on. And then at the end, you have to read the article. Uh, at the end, uh, they have them stare into each other's eyes without speaking for three minutes. <laughs> and they're falling in love. Now, what's going on? Intimacy is powerful. Yeah. Now, let me. Here's my advice: Don't walk into a laboratory and engage in the kind of emotional intimacy and existential knowing and being known, unless it's the person you should be marrying. But I think it's a fascinating thing. Well, let me ask you a question: Intimacy, the the opening up of the soul to be known and to know on a on a trusting basis is very powerful. That should take place within a clearly delineated relationship. So boundaries de- de- defined. And you know, I want to ask you about the intimacy thing because I can already hear, um, well, I can already hear objections. Um, holding hands. Uh, the physical limitations in the dating relationship. Well, uh, I mean. Should you kiss, kiss the young lady goodnight? I, uh, should you not touch her until you actually take the vows? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm not sure where the good and necessary consequences of scripture yeah. lie. On that. I mean, how much we, of that? We, here's what we do: we 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 grant biblical authority to schemes that we've developed. Obviously, let's just start at the top. You should not have sexual intercourse. Absolutely <laughs> right. Now that means there should be no foreplay. I mean, That's you right. know, the purpose of how much of that? Play. Yeah, how much I of mean, that is 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 established uh, within the covenantal relationship? Uh, young man wants to marry my daughter. Um, daddy is involved. And, and and so daddy says to the young man, this is your limits, Buster. Yeah, excellent. And 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 that's it. So you won't be alone on the cou- in, in her bedroom, uh, sitting on the well, bed see, watching a movie. Or, should, or, a, a non-married couple should never be in a situation where they might compromise. And, and because they will. <laughs> you know, I've had people say to me, you know, we've been dating for seven years and, you know, we're really not tempted. Well, right. stop dating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, find You're somebody you are tempted to. Right. So my big thing is they should never be in a place where where they could fall into sexual sin. That's right. Because they're likely to. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I, honestly, Bill, I, I, I don't tend to, I, I'm not sure I have biblical warrant to rule out holding hands. Yep. To me, it's a little silly not to let them hold hands. What do you, say, you, to know, the, what do you say to the slippery slope argument? Well, uh, it starts there, and then I'll it goes to the this. next thing. The farthest you should ever allow is is minor league kissing. Right. I mean, I, I think just practically speaking, beyond G-rated kissing, it's foreplay. Yep. I mean, so, you know, you want to debate, and I'm happy if you say, some couples say we've never, our lips have never touched until marriage. Fine. I, I don't think that. The bottom line is that we are we are to avoid sexual sin, yep. and I, I think you get beyond you know G-rated kissing and folks. The body is designed a certain way, so I you know to to me the issue is that we're under accountability. Yep. There's covenantal accountability. Uh, yes, the father, and if not a father, a pastor. I, I love it when a single woman in the church says, "Look, I'm not from a Christian family. My parents live in some you know some terrible place like New York." <laughs> New York values. That didn't take long. That was Hill, 23 you know, minutes into the podcast. And, so, uh, and, and um, I'm already criticized exactly. for being from... Oh, you're from, you're from New York, Bill. But um, the... Um, Spoken like a true Michigan guy. And so then, guy. then the pastor ought to be involved. And you, know, sure. and you go, well, I'm going to scare him off. Yeah. Well, you do want to scare that guy off. I mean, a Christian guy should accept that she's not his toy. That's right. Neither is a wife, by the way. But uh, And she and he is under accountability with her. But we're going to... I, here's the thing: young men are to be responsible for the commitment level of relationship. And you know what? If 
if you're not willing to say, I want you to know I'm only going to, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to be involved with you, and I would like for us to pursue dynamics that maybe God would bless towards marriage, mm-hmm. and that would be my desire. But we'll see how it goes. Yep. Um, that allows now the sharing of hearts primarily, yep. and now um, there can be more frequency, and uh, you know, I, 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 so and honestly, to me, that there would never be any touching of any body parts, you know, hands is kind of odd you know you, you it was gonna it, but you got to watch it you got to keep it in, in 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 check and um then the intimacy can be safe now the thing is when you when you have a biblical relationship of people who are ready to be married mm-hmm. it is going to be progressing towards marriage and it should now there's due diligence that has to be made frankly and you have to be careful. It is usually not going to be wise to race to an engagement. Marriage is a huge decision. But I will say that a godly relationship where where everybody knows where we stand. See, the problem in most dating relationships today in America no is the girl never stand. knows. Well, yeah. She never knows. Oh, the guy's just having fun with her. And I don't want to give commitment. Then don't date. Yep. Stop dating. And, and if you're not willing to say, you know what, Susie, you know, or Debbie, um, we're in a relationship, and I'm willing to make this commitment to you. I'm not going to be calling other girls. Right. I'm not going to go on a date with other girls. That right. should be specified. Will you do the same thing? And let us try to communicate. Now, see, this keeps safe the hearts of our precious covenant daughters. Yeah. How much How much is this is the fault? I mean, fault. That's probably not the right word. But but how much is this, this the lack of or the, maybe the ignorance of dads with daughters especially, not carefully guiding them through this the, process? I think the bigger issues the guys. Yeah, yep. I wrote a book called The Masculine Mandate, which mm-hmm. looks at Genesis 2.15. Yep. The, God put the man in the garden to work and to keep. We need to train our young men to work and keep. What does that mean? Keeping is protecting. Working is cultivating, edifying. So I, I say to young men, if you're on a date uh, with a Christian girl, with a girl uh, my first concern is not whether you have a good time. Your first concern is not whether you have a good time. Right. You're there to keep her safe emotionally, sexually, physically. You are to make her feel safe. And then you're to build her up. And so I don't want you talking about all your high school glories and uh, asking her, ask her how she's doing. Ask her, tell her about her work. You get in the habit of nurturing her. And, and, that, and we need to train our sons in their interactions with young ladies that your job is to keep them safe and to build, and to build them up. I sent my... My twelve-year-old son to summer camp, and he's gonna. And you know, it's all romantic. It's summer, Lord have mercy, Christian summer camp. You know, you. And I said, in your interactions with young ladies there, I want to hear that you were protecting them. You, you, you don't criticize them. You don't. You don't treat. You don't. You know, treat them badly. You're you're protecting them, and then you're building them up. Now the problem with that is that the girls fall in love with them. <laughs> <laughs> this is this could also be subtitled how to get a girl to fall in love with you as a yes. Christian man. Right. Yep. You keep you make her feel safe yep. and you build her up and God has made her even as I'm saying this there are Christian women going, "Oh, what I would give for a man like this." Well, let's raise our sons to be those men and then as it, it should normally be the case. Now look, you're saying, "Look, I'm 27, I've wanted a wife. God hasn't given me one." Well, then I'm not condemning you. But see, we do have a systematic problem. We are not training biblical manhood, mm-hmm. starting at adolescence or before, so that young men are, are trained and their way of thinking is, as a man, it's not for me to be the alpha dog who, you know, who impresses and we're raising all these Samsons. Right. You know, we need to be raising Boazes. Yep. You know, who's a great example of this. And then she says, you know, you're like Christ to me. Would you be, you're my kinsman redeemer. And we want our young men to minister Christian manhood to women. Now, if we train them in that, now the job on the dads is a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Now, we want to say to the, to the ladies is, yes, they are to be, look, fathers need to be close to their daughters. Hmm. And our daughters, I, I was with my, 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 Monday's my day off, I was with my older daughter at college yesterday. And I, I helped her do some chores, and we went to lunch together. And they're to have a nurturing relationship with their fathers so that they're not desperately needing some guy to pay attention. This is a, maybe the number one issue with, with, with young ladies. Yeah, you, you, is the nurturing relationship with their father, and yep. their father loves them. In a, you know, it's not, it's not you a, hear that all the time where, you, in, where daughters end up off the rails of some lunatic because dad 
gave them no attention. There was no nurture. There was no anything. Yep. And so the the, the the girls, because of the way they're wired, they're looking for this, and they're going to glom onto it whenever it shows up, even, yep. if it's, even if it's a bum. Yep. Yep. And my wife took my daughters out last night, and they got dresses. They mm. came home, mm. and I said to them, girls, put your dresses on and show them to me. And they put their dresses on, and I said, you look, they're uh, 12 and 13. You look so pretty. Yeah. And uh, thank you for showing me the dress. And so we've got to show uh, uh, affection and and affirmation to our daughters, and now they have a relationship with us where their their emotions are not working against mm. the biblical mm-hmm. wisdom that they ought to be having. And they can live if the Lord carries them through to twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, thirty one, and they're not married. They're not dying now. Obviously, many women are going, "Oh, that's a terrible scenario." Well, the the problem is we don't have the guys. Yep. And people, the guys are going, oh, you're blaming us. Well, I mean, you're a man. You're supposed to be responsible. Maybe you say, look, I'm 25 years old. My father didn't raise me that way. Well, let, let, me, let me challenge you to start deliberately practicing biblical manhood. And you make it your job, Genesis 2.15, and it's seen all through the Bible. You know, Nehemiah, when they're building the walls, they've got a shovel in one hand and a spear in the other. This is biblical manhood. Mm. I build up, I keep safe. And so you build her up, encourage her, pray for her, and, you know, ask her how she's doing. She says, oh, I've got a tough job meeting tomorrow. Then pray for her and send her a note saying, you know, I'm praying for you. And then, uh, and then keep her safe. You don't criticize her. You don't, uh, you, you don't show up late so she's left standing yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't sexually try to take advantage of her. Uh, you're likely to get married if you do this mm-hmm. because God blesses biblical manhood and biblical womanhood yep. in a relationship going towards marriage. I had guys at w- where I worked then, and I never quite could understand. I know what happens and witnessed it, but guys who would stand around, you know, I'm sure you've seen it before too, where they stand around and have these bull sessions about their wives are this horrible thing and this horrible thing. And, and I walked up to one after totally listening unworthy. to it, after I listened to it too long and, and I, I walked up to him and I said, guys, um, you're, you're bashing your wives, you know, criticizing your wives. I said, you're really, who's the bigger idiot? You married her. Well, not only that, but this is, this is the very kind of behavior that the book of Proverbs holds in contempt. That's right. And, and we need to have a biblical manhood where we are protective of women and we are nurturing of yep. women. Yep. Now, that starts with fathers. Uh Fathers need to, partly that's disciplining their daughters, mm. but also discipling their daughters. And, and there's a sense in which I think mothers train girls to be women. Fathers give them a loving relationship that wants them to be, makes them want to be ladies. Likewise, fathers train sons to be men, and the mother relationship makes them want to be knights. You, know, you got all these hardened criminals in prison crying over their mothers. A mother's <laughs> love for a boy is very powerful. Yep. My and son, a father's my, affection yeah. is very powerful. My son used to tell me that you know, as he was growing up, even to this day, I think he would say this, and, and in some sense he's right. He said, you, you raise me differently than Danielle and Jennifer, my daughters. Yeah. And I said, you're absolutely right. He goes, well, it's not fair. I said, no, it, it's completely fair. I said, I raised you to be a man. Right. And I raised them to be women, young ladies. I hammered you, and my wife hammered them. Right. And your mother doted on you, and I doted on them. Now, that's an overstatement. I, I Absolutely. more than dote with right. daughters. Right. They have gotten the hammer, too. But there's got to be an affectionate, affirming relationship. So the girls think of themselves, and they're not being driven that way. That is the number one thing for Christian fathers to do, neglect of any of our children. Mm. And of our, in this case, of our daughters, sets them up for failure, and uh, and then we're to have loving covenantal oversight. I would love for my, you know, far from you know, no boy better come beating around the door for my daughter. <laughs> well, I want godly young men to be interested in my daughter That's at right. a maritable age, yep. and uh, and I'm not going to sit on the porch with a loaded gun. I mean, I may have the magazine next to it. I mean, but no, but really, that, that, that whole. I, I want her to have a marriage relationship, and but I do think the fathers, the father is the covenant head of the woman, yep. and pretty early in the process, there ought to be a conversation with the Christian father and, or surrogate thereof 
if there is none. Yeah, well, hold that thought because I, I definitely want to come back to this because I want to get your input on what some of those th- thoughts or guidelines that should kind of be in play. I mean, they're, they're going to vary, obviously, depending on circumstance, but that's a really interesting point. We're talking with Dr. Rick Phillips. He's the uh, senior minister at Second Presbyterian Church in Greenville, South Carolina. He's going to be speaking at the Greenville Conference that'll be held March 8th through the 10th here in Greenville at Woodruff Road Presbyterian Church. And he's going to be speaking on this particular subject. So if you're um, getting your appetite wet, you're kind of, you have a number of questions, you, you, you're, you, you're very interested in this subject, uh, then register for the conference. It's very reasonable, um, and it's um, always a good time. Our RHB, Reformation Heritage Books, puts on their bookstore um, there, which is usually stocked, full. Um, anyway, bring your money because you'll buy books, and you'll get great lectures, and it's a fantastic time um, of fellowship and, and just enjoying other people. Um, so this is the kind of thing we're going to be – is going to be formally done at the conference. And so um, – if you haven't signed up, you can easily do that at our website, gpts.edu. Let's come back to those guidelines. Um, it's very interesting because um, obviously the, the father-daughter relationship, it, there's going to be those that established uh, rapport with this young man who comes calling and isn't afraid because there's a shotgun on the, on the porch. <laughs> uh, but what, what does the father do? Okay, the, the young man has this conversation with the dad. What then What's the conversation look like? You know, actually, this is a conversation I've never had yet. So uh, I, I think that the father wants to reinforce these things. Mm. Uh, what I'm looking for you to do is to be a Christian man towards my daughter. That means that you're going to, biblical manhood is working and keeping. I, you're going to keep her safe. Your driving is going to be, I'm putting my daughter in your car. And, um, and, I'm, and, and, and I want you to, what you should be doing is you should be trying to edify her. She, by the way, is being a helper to you, and, and she is encouraging you in, in your role, and enjoy yourselves, and, and uh, where are you going? What time are you going to be back? Um, you know, the, the accountability and consultation. The young man should be in consultation with his parents or surrogates thereof, pastor, godly friends. He should be talking in a godly way to appropriate you know, counselors about the dynamics. And there should be an, oh, how's it going? You know, you've been dating for six months. Are you arguing? You probably are. What are you arguing about? How you handle it? You got to learn how to do that. How do you know how to do that? Wouldn't you have loved that when you were dating? And and let me give you this word of advice. Don't be so quick when she's emotional or whatnot. You know, I, I always say that, you know, if, if you're dating a young lady, and, <laughs> right. and I, look, this is the South. We don't have to pretend. Uh, women are often more emotionally volatile than guys are. That's not always the case. But I've had to say to many guys, you know, if she's going to ride the roller coaster, you keep your feet on the ground. And she's a godly woman. She'll straighten herself out. Don't run her. Just be there. Don't try to fix everything. Don't ask her. Look, just be kind and godly. Let her work it out. You know, my wife and I have and, a rule in the house that only one of us is allowed to be nuts at a time. Yeah, and you keep your feet on the floor. <laughs> That's, right. That's valuable advice. Or to say to the young lady, you know, don't be reactive to him. You don't be don't be a quick trigger. You know, don't forget your speeches. You know. So both sides need consultation and they need accountability. That accountability is to one person. And um, that accountability has to be going on. And where are you going? Where is, you know, the whole, I will say, the whole sexual temptation is a big deal. And part of the problem with sexual sin in marriage, in day free marriage, is that um, you don't develop the other forms of intimacy you're going to rely upon. Mm-hmm. You got to be friends. You got to have fun together. You got to learn about each other. And once you start sleeping together, forget it. Yeah, you know, my wife and I would sit in Rittenhouse Square and we'd, uh, we'd sit on a park bench and we'd go, uh, hey, let's look at shoes today. We'd watch people go by and we'd laugh and we'd talk about their shoes. And hey, if we were sleeping together, forget that. That's just never going to happen. And you're not going to read books together. You're going to be in bed. And so develop. Heart intimacy, mind intimacy mm-hmm. in the dating relationship. And so that all should be taking place with, with godly consultation. Now, you got to give your sons a little rope, you know. And, and, and I, I uh, at some point, you know, they go off your phone. They're, my, my, my oldest son turns 18, and his, uh, until last year, all of his emails went through my phone. And he's been a very godly young man, although he's in consultation. But his the, the the degree of direct oversight begins to shift, and he's going to college next year. You know, the bottom line is, 
uh, next year he's not going to have to ask me. Right. So the training starts to reflect that. You start giving them more rope. But you want to encourage him and her take use of the consultation. Now, obviously, this means you should have a close relationship with your children. Yep. And I think one of the sweeping issues we have, evangelicals have done a pretty good job of disciplining our children, thanks to Jim Dobson. Amen. Thank the Lord we spank our children and train. But we, I do not think we've done as good a job discipling our children. So many Christians outsource the Christian nurture of their children to the Christian school, mm -hmm. to the youth pastor, to the summer camp person, and, uh, and maybe your homeschoolers. But is the father involved? You know, it's a lot of mommy time for adolescent and teenage boys. And so we need to have a close discipling relationship with our children, and we need to treat them with respect. I do not mock my children. Um, you know, if there's a romantic thing going on, I don't embarrass them about that. And we should, we should be their counselor. Mm -hmm. And because what happens is, as they get older and older and older, that's what's left. I mean, obviously, until my son's marry i'm their father but you know when they're out of the home it ain't that much authority it's influence and so let's develop a relationship with our children starting in small childhood all the way through adolescence where we have a lot of influence and, and there's a friendship bond as well as a, a vertical relationship and now we can coach them so i think accountability consultation are big issues no christian woman should be out with anyone, even a Christian man, and no one knows where they are yeah. and when they're coming back. And you just practice, put those structures in place, and, and you're 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 getting what you're aiming for. Isn't that how it works? What you're aiming for and what you give structure to, you usually get. That's right. That's but right. if you send them on a, you know, oh, we're going, uh, we're going overnight. Just, 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 don't, don't do Stop. That. Yeah. Stop. Overnight. What? Or, you what? know. We're going out. We don't even know where they are when they're coming back. There's no, you know, I, I, I have a, I don't know if my children know that they're probably not listening to this, but, um, and God has really so far blessed our young people. Mm -hmm. They're godly young people. My oldest son turns 18 next month. And so he's got a 12 o'clock curfew. And he may text me and say, can I be out till 12, 15, what, what not. He never comes home without a parent being there. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think he's drinking, but he could. And he's gonna. He knows. See the structures in place that when I get home, yeah, I can't avoid I'm it. I'm going to face to face probably my father, and so you're reinforcing in in it when there's temptation and they're not as strong as they, you know, they haven't yet been tested. Um, and so yeah. that's going to be true for dating. You put the structures in place. What kind of advice would you give to a young man? Um, gets you know mid-20s to 30 years of age, wants a wife, desires to be married, has that desire. It's not the other, they don't think they're, they're called to be single, um, but can't, as it were, find one. Well, he should start attending Second Presbyterian Church in <laughs> I Greenville. I knew you were going to say that. the treasure trove. Yes, of, of course, of course. You think I'm kidding. Yeah, we are the no, I don't think you're trove. kidding. <laughs> we are the treasure trove of Reformed womanhood. I, I will say this, that... Um, uh, here's what I'll say. See, a yeah. lot of times the guys are paralyzed by options. And here's what they do. They, they, they prioritize based upon looks. And it's all the data shows this. Mm -hmm. Looks and sensual appeal from their perspective. And then they say, that's well... That's not necessarily a bad okay, thing. Wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. And then they say, okay, out of that priority, let's make sure they're godly. Now, I, here's what I say. I say reverse that. Reverse it, yeah. Start with the godly girls who really have good character. She's of noble character. Boy, you're going to be glad for that when she's raising your children, pal, and spending your money and bearing your name. And who's a godly woman who, you know, she's sanctified. She knows how to repent. She doesn't, she, she, when she goes the wrong way, the Holy Spirit, she's responsive in the word of God. She can manage herself spiritually and emotionally. So in this process, and, now, though, we're, and then find the one you most, you think is most attractive so, out of that group. Yep. So in this, in this particular stage, if we were like putting it in steps and I know we're not, it's not that simple, but if we were, this is sort of the observation phase of the equation. You're kind of watching and seeing, but you're not, you haven't made any formal advance. At this point, well, I think it's wise for churches to create social context where young adults. We're actually, we're launching through this seminar Thursday night mm -hmm. a singles gathering through our church. 
that is meant just to be a friendship discipleship gathering for our increasing numbers of young adults. And you know, we're downtown, we got condos going up all around us. Yeah, you do. And so this is one of our responses to that, to have a fellowship, not primarily evangelistic, but it's it's for friendship. Now you know you're doing things together. Mm-hmm. Now start thinking first about godly characteristics. She handles herself well. She's responsive to the word of God. She is uh, emotionally healthy and, and godly. And then out of that group, you know, pri- first godliness, then looks. Did I say looks don't matter? And people say to me, yeah, but you're married to a pretty woman, and I am. But that's not her chief virtue. And, you know, honestly, when she's spending your money raising your children, you're spending 50 years with her. Um, yes, of course. You know, but here's the thing, Bill. Women are attractive to men. There's scarcely a woman, you know, in any of right. our churches who, sure. if we were on a desert island with them for six months, we weren't, we wouldn't be attracted to them. And so it's all this ego stuff that guys have on mm-hmm. it. But, but I, look, I'm all believing, I'm all for uh, attraction in a romantic, sexual way. But, but if you're a young man and you're going to put godly character first and cheerfulness and handles herself well, and then you're going to say, okay, I think this, I'm a little more attracted to this one. Well, then ask her out in a godly way. Pick up the phone. Be a man. Or maybe walk over in person. She could reject me. Yeah, it's all part of manhood. Rejection is is intrinsic. Yeah, what's the, the way? Ma- I, the that's male what, experience. That's what buddies are for. Well, that's what I tell, you know? I tell my friends that are single and they, in, in that area. You know, I say, what's the worst thing that can happen? They say no. I said, it's okay. And here's the thing, too. You'll never know what she thinks until you ask her. That's right. They're just, some, who knows what they're thinking. They're just bizarre, mysterious creatures. And, yep, that's right. And I say, young ladies, you can help by making it a little clearer, but we're very dense. The bottom line is you really will not know. You may think she's thinking about having your children, and she never meant to send those signals at all. That's right. I mean, it's all, so, so young, yeah, man so, up, ask her out, so, and then, you know, and then and you, we got to be able to go on first dates. That mm-hmm. are not so pressure for that, 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 that you know you're not going to be like the blackballed in the church <laughs> because you used her because you went on a date with her. So ask her out and maybe she says, "Well, I want you to call my dad." Super, give me his phone number. And um, do you recommend that? Well, I don't. Again, uh, I mean, I realize we can't. Make, we're I, not I think that rules, I think that before but... you get very far, honestly, I'm fine. I want to encourage initiative in young men and godliness and leadership. And if you say to a girl, "Hey, can we go to lunch?" Lunch is a great first date. Yeah, let's absolutely. go to lunch together. And I don't, I don't think that uh, I'm, I'm fine if it is. But before you're going to become formal and very involved, and she ought to know, her parents should know she's out with you. And so they'll ask, "So what is this? The first date? Hey, you've been out two, three times." here's my phone number. Hand to him. I mean, something, again, I don't want to go beyond goodness or consequences. That's what we do. We create, we we give biblical sanction to our particular schema when what we really have are biblical principles. That's right. And if we're we're really putting the principles into practice, I think we're going to do well. So let's not glamorize our particular brand of this. I think that's actually been harmful. One of the things my my son-in-law now, before, uh, when he was dating my daughter, um, we did uh, up in, in the early stages is we went to lunch, uh, he yeah. and I, and uh, he doesn't, he's not a talker, which is really amazing because my daughter was petrified at this lunch date that he, uh, he and I were going to have. And um, she's like, well, dad, don't talk him to death, you know, and don't scare him half to death. He's already afraid. And I'm like, well, good. I'm glad he's afraid. He should be. Yeah, absolutely. He's because he's trying to, he's trying to get something that's precious to me and I want to be able to do it completely i want to be freely and he's a young man yeah so so the interesting dynamic that occurred in that lunch was the whole time i'm thinking okay i'm not going to talk to poor man to death and i wouldn't have been able to because he talked nonstop for one hour he was so nervous (laughs) that he talked for an hour nonstop he wouldn't shut up you laugh about yeah and 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 it's it's you know and but the thing the point i'm making is that have that have that discussion You've said that, but we're not saying you've got to have that discussion. It, there's no timeline necessarily. Okay, after the first date, there's a rule, or the third date, there's a rule. Get involved though yeah, early. The, the biblical principles are headship, accountability, consultation. That's right. Let's put those things into practice. Yep. Look, if your daughter's in San Francisco and you're in Cleveland, look, she's far from you. Yeah, it's going to be. You better difficult. have thought through that before she went. I That's mean, right. 
you know, and uh, that's why local churches become. I will tell you, for single women, the local church is so important. And it's not the it's not how fun the music is; it's how trustworthy and sound the pastors yep. are. Yep. Um, and so, uh, yeah, um, it's uh, we we sh- and and what a blessing it is. Now, what a, one of the big things if you're over twenty five now, it's all eHarmony. <laughs> that's the thing going. Well, you know, honestly, so what's your, I know a what's lot your of couples who are doing well. Well, you know. Um, Again, I think all the normal rules apply. There needs to be accountability. There needs to be oversight. It's the structure of our society. And um, I have a lot of friends who met through eHarmony and they do very well. And, and the reason, I think, is this. You start with a pool who's interested in marriage. So obviously, I've never, I, I, I've never even been on the website. And I'm sure there's a lot of riffraff on there and, what, and predators. But I think if you apply the, you know, it, if you're a young reformed woman in Greenville and you want a young reformed man as you should, there might be a guy in Spartanburg, you know, and and so uh, one of the problems in our society, this is what it's really responding to, is there's not many places where we can we don't socially interact with people. No. So we have our workplace, we have our church, we have our family, and that can be, you know, uh, it's a shame and it's it's foolish for a young woman to leave a sound church that's got a few hundred people vert to a mega church. That's not a sound church. That's inculcating all the wrong things, but there's more guys. So I, I actually think it's understandable for them to widen the net a little bit electronically. And so uh, that's not me endorsing it, but I almost... Well, I have, I have I think friends it, that, I think that it did it be that done way, and, and, it's a gr- and, and, you know, it, and it worked well. Yes, and you just be wise. All the normal rules apply. And you're electronically widening your geography within driving distance. You're not likely to meet a guy in Hendersonville, none through the internet. You're increasing your sector, as they would say in the military. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, it's, uh, to me, <laughs> there's prudence in that. And I, I almost want to destigmatize it a little bit. You know, people are always like, well, we met on the internet. Of course you did. You're 27. I assume you met on the internet. And if you're a widow or, you know, I mean, it's all fate or whatever, uh, uh, eHarmony or Christian match or what, I don't know what it is. But I, I, I think that just the normal rules apply. Yep. So let's summarize. We've talked a lot about, we've talked in and out of a lot of different things. Um, so in summary, uh, men need to be men. Uh, yeah, we want to say uh, dating is with with an eye towards marriage always it it is it requires biblical manhood and biblical womanhood it is to be under covenant headship it's to have consultation and account and accountability the men are to protect and nurture the women are to help and bless dude we're doing it, if I we mean, did we're that be, we're gonna be not we're gonna our be, next we're generation gonna be, we're gonna be marrying them in droves yep absolutely because it works and, and god made it you know uh, last year my wife and i were downtown i think it was fall for greenville or it was it was artosphere and uh and it was cra- this crazy scene and i said to her <laughs> did you see any gay couples she goes i thought i saw homosexual one. Yeah, not the, gay. No, no, you're right. Thank you. You're right. I, <laughs> sodomite couples. How's that better? The uh, we, did you see any homosexual couples? She said I saw one, maybe two. I said, did you see any heterosexual couples? About twenty thousand. Yeah. This boy girl thing is cooking. <laughs> I mean, it flat out works. And so when you have a guy who rightly desires marriage, and a woman who rightly desires marriage and womanhood, whatever else, whatever, however that looks. And then, uh, and they, they, they do it in a biblically clear way. Like, there's a lot of ingrained, in fact, I'm preaching Genesis, be fruitful and multiply is written into our natures. And so we're, we're, we're hindering it through ungodliness, a lack of character on the part of the young man. They don't want to grow up. It's a huge issue. And you go, oh, you're picking on the guys. Yes, grow up. Be willing to make commitments. Pursue marriage in young adulthood. It would be, be it would be ideal for you to get married at twenty one or twenty two. Get out of your to comfort. a godly woman. Get out of your and, comfort and, zones. And it's not good for you to be alone. Yep. It is not good for you to be alone. Well, I have the gift of singleness. Then don't ask any woman in my church out. Swell. Don't stay away from women in my church because they're looking for husbands among other things. They're not just. That's not all they're doing. But they're wise to seek marriage. And so, and, and, and notice how how simple it is. It's not easy. It's challenging. It's exciting, but it's ain't rocket science. It's a, nope. it's it's reflecting biblically, and but we need our the church leadership to teach it. We need fathers to understand it. Um, uh, it. 
I, I've written a lot of books, and most of my books are biblical exposition and theology. Guess what my two best-selling books are? But Dating book and a manhood yeah, book. I was going to say. <laughs> well, since you mentioned those, <laughs> since you mentioned those, why don't you give those titles again? Uh, my wife and I wrote a book about ten years ago called "Holding Hands, Holding Hearts." Okay, "Holding Hands, Holding Hearts." So if you're listening live, you're googling it now. And maybe. That's, a, that's all. And if you're listening now. to recording, you're still googling it. Either way, you're googling it or so binging it. Go to Amazon it or, and buy it. And then yeah. the other one's the masculine mandate for men. Yep, and I, I, I am familiar yeah. with that one. A masculine mandate for men. So those are two books that Dr. Phillips has put out. On this subject, and certainly more in in more detail that we can do in an hour podcast. But as Dr. Phillips said, this really it's not simple. It's not rocket science, but it's it takes work. I mean, involve you have to do what fun too. It is what fun. fun. I'm, I'm thinking back to when I dated my wife, and well, I, I've never done things the the way it was. It, it's written down to be done. Um, well, I shouldn't say never, but back then I never did things the way that was supposed to be done. Uh, but I told her two weeks in, I said, "We're gonna get married." Well, see, but right there, you're now establishing this as a committed relationship. Yep. And, and, you know, and one of the big issues is the guy who, why do we have to talk about the relationship? That should never be said. He should be the one to say, hey, uh, we haven't talked about our relationship Yeah, in a where do we stand? Weeks. Be a man. Lead. Put her interests ahead of your own. Um, if you're not prepared to, to step up to the plate, then stop dating. But you go, well, I'll be lonely. Well, that's God's design to get you to grow up. Yep. But don't scratch the itch at the at the victimhood of Christian women who are pursuing marriage, and uh, they'd be foolish not to pursue right. marriage. And so uh, uh, that's not me bashing the guys. I want to encourage. But the some guys. of the some of the guys, I, in, 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 not every, of course. I mean, we're speaking very generally, of course, about this subject. And uh, but it seems to me that some guys are just looking for like a surrogate mom as a wife, and that's backwards. Uh, from what it should be, you're not looking for another mother. You're looking for a wife that you're going to lead, nurture, look, and guide, look, look, and direct. Look, 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 World of Warcraft is a valuable calling, and they've got to spend time in their basement playing Halo or World of Warcraft or I, I, I Minecraft. I suspect and, you're being facetious. I mean, that, that's an important life calling, and you know, sitting in your mom's basement with the video hooked up is, I mean, a terrible surrogate for a life, right? You know, uh, when I was in uh, when I was in seminary some years ago, now I, I did the singles ministry at Tenth Press in Philadelphia. That's where all my interest in this came from, uh, and uh, we had a lot of young adult singles who we loved, and we're trying to help them. And a lot of the guys had commitment issue type things, and so that I remember one guy he said, uh, "I have a men's Bible study." He was like thirty two, not married, and uh, never going far in relationships. And, I said, aren't you lonely? He goes, oh, no, no, I have guys for that. And I have a men's Bible study. I said, leave your men's Bible study. Yep. Get a wife. And so we have all these coping mechanisms. We all got to cope. But our coping mechanisms begin to protect our fears and our character defects. Mm. And God designed the man to marry the woman. And, yeah, I love it when godly young men and women, they're not fully mature, but they're 21 and 22, they're getting married. That's what uh, wouldn't have been great to be godly and married at twenty two. It would have been great it to be godly been. at twenty two. I was but, married at twenty two. Oh, so I was I, I was a, I was a tank officer. I went through all my twenties in combat units, and you heard you heard what he said. He was a tank officer. So you see why where all this energy comes from. Well, the uh, and I was lonely and just emotionally. It was it was and how blessed it is to have a wife. It is. I and I, I was apart from my wife for two months, and it was like. That text in Genesis where it's not good for the man to be alone became really, <laughs> it became very clear. <laughs> Here's we're so, why. <laughs> we're so pitiful. My wife will go on a retreat and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to watch war movies and whatnot. And three hours later, I'm forlorn and I can't find anything and I'm starving um, and my shirts are wrinkled. I'm glad my daughter's not on this doing. program because she could tell stories of my wife being away and dad can't function. It's like, what is wrong with my father? He can't even, he can't, he doesn't even eat until his wife, until mom comes home. And, and so there's awful stories about that. But no, you're right. And, and, and what we're trying to do here today is not just promote the, the conference, of course, we're doing that. Um, but we're talking about a very important issue. Um, it affects the next generation of who's going to lead our church, lead the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as well. Because if you have godly yeah. relationships that start in the in the dating phase, it, it's going to carry over into marriage. Uh, it's going to have its struggles. Every marriage does its work, but it's glorious work. Um, but that's going to produce children who are going to then inherit 
the benefits of this process and they're going to go do it and they're going to raise children who are going to be godly and we're going to have godly men and ladies in our churches and um, correct the listing ship that we see now in many many areas in our culture and um, and and something we haven't talked about and probably don't have time to do it but our culture is competing for our children and yeah. and a lot of times in in many ways they're winning but see, this is so attractive. See, this is a winning strategy. This is that's more exactly exciting. right. But you know, so much of it's parental neglect, Bill. Yep. I mean, fathering's a big job, and mothering too. And so you've got to dis- you've got to discipline your children, train them to obedience, particularly when they're little. You've got to disciple them spiritually. Boys and girls have to be mentored. Family worship, word prayer, you know, uh, uh, worship together in the church, and you raise them unto the Lord. And then you train your sons for biblical manhood. As a father, you sort of romance in wholesome ways your daughters while your wife trains them in, in biblical womanhood. Um, and, you know, many times, you know, I'm not really the one. I'd be willing to, but it's not me who polices the dress. But my wife certainly does. You're going to put a sweater on before you leave the house with yeah, that dress not, on. There were a few you know, times and, in my home where my, my, what my, my daughters were dressed in a certain way, and, and, and my wife was like, well, go see, go see what your dad thinks. Because it's definitely a different perspective yeah. from a male's eyes. Yeah, and, but the and, dads cut them slack. We think they're beautiful, and mom needs yeah. to go, forget that. Yeah, well, I don't know. And, I and, was pretty hardcore Well, the women, The mothers need to train those girls to be godly women, and they need to be, learn how to do godly domesticity and, yep. and feminine spirituality and service, good works like Dorcas, and, which are the true biblical beauty. All the mommies train the girls, the father... Obviously, he does training too, general obedience, character, but he gives them affection. Let me tell you, if you've got adolescent daughters going through puberty, they feel awkward. Give them wholesome affection. Date nights. And, and, and put your arm around them and say, oh, sweetheart, I love you. They need to hear that from you, yeah. even while you, you know, you're disciplining them when they're talking back to their mother and that kind of thing. And then for the sons, yes, go buy the masculine mandate. <laughs> Read it. Train your sons to be Christian men, and you and they are the anvil. You are the hammer. But have fun with them. You know, I, I uh, my sons and I. Where ask me, Rick? Where were you on November twenty eighth this year? You want me to ask you that, yeah. Rick? Where were you on November twenty eighth this year? I was year? in Michigan Stadium with my two teenage boys but last year, actually, and we were watching Ohio State crush our glorious Wolverines. I'm a Michigan grad. You said that out loud. I'm having fun. I can't believe it. Well, the party's over because we're going to be great next year. But I'm having fun with my boys, and we're sharing things, and we're having shared passions, and and we're doing things together. But I'm I'm their father, and I have expectations of them. You know, they're going to be gone. That's right. And we got to raise our sons and raise our daughters. And then if we have a biblical mode, I mean, what a see. You know, life can be awfully tough. You can have no money. Your job can be lousy. Godly children married to godly spouses and grandchildren. This is the biblical perspective on life. Yep. That's the blessing of God, but it's a it's work. We need to we need to take up the biblical calling of fatherhood, and uh, it it doesn't do everything, but it is absolutely necessary. Yep. And I think the real need is for fathers to embrace the biblical father manhood mantle. If you are not doing family worship, if you're not raising your children in the Lord, if you're not closely involved emotionally with your children in a constructive way. Well, we're not doing the, it's like trying to put a football team together where you're not doing the blocking and tackling. We got to build the character and the inward strength Mm -hmm. that comes from parental relationships. That's right. And, uh, uh, it's very hard for the church, for a pastor then to play catch up at 28. That's right. When they don't know who they are. Like I got 60 year old men come to me and, and talk about their relationship with their father. And my father never told me he loved me. I'm like, come on, he did. No, he didn't. You're 60 years old. You're still thinking about it. Yeah. And, um, hmm. yeah, so this is very fruitful stuff. Yep. Well, if you have listened to this, uh, either through the live uh, process, and I know there's some out and have made good comments, and one thing I was going to ask if anybody who's listening live had any questions, but we're out, really out of time for that, and so we'll incorporate that in the future live broadcasts. But if you're listening and have listened and, and um, are really excited about this and maybe you feel maybe you feel a little beat up um 
and that's not anybody's intention here, but you know, just kind of awaken people to some of these 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 realities that we're we're losing because we're not doing the things that we should be doing. Let's play to win, people. That's right, exactly. So, if you're excited about this and and get the the books I've mentioned already, and then uh, again we have the conference, and and Dr. Phillips is going to speak. Um, I'm sure extre- very passionately about this at the conference. I can't imagine him not doing it passionately because he always does things passionately. And so um, register for the conference. Come. If you can't come for some whatever reason, um, the conference is always recorded. And, you know, we sell it that way. So there's other ways of getting it, but the best way is to be here. And so you can walk up to Dr. Phillips afterwards and ask any question you want. Really? And, and Thursday, January 21st, 6 p.m. dinner. I think I start, Sharon and I start speaking at 7. We're going to have one hour-long address, and then we'll do a Q&A. Second Prez, downtown Greenville on the West End. Uh, we're going to be talking with young adults about dating this, this Thursday. Outstanding. Well, Dr. Phillips, great to have you on the program. And uh, as always, it's exciting. It's always, it's always high energy. It's always exciting, and that's fun, and it makes it fun for um, the listeners as well. Really important subject, so thank you for being on. Thank you, Bill. Let me wrap up real quick uh, what's coming up on the program. Let me uh, look really fast. I have it in front of me somewhere. Um, aha. No, I don't. Wait. It's coming. I promise. <laughs> We lost internet connection briefly, so those who are listening live are now back listening live. We recovered it somehow. I don't know what happened, but that's okay. Um, coming up on the broadcast, we have Dr. Joel Beakey. He'll be on to talk about his conference lecture, which is on the subject of sexual intimacy in marriage, I believe. Nurturing sexual intimacy in marriage. So we're really going to be dovetailing some of the things that we've said here already, and and, and so Dr. Beakey will continue <laughs> say this, this right discussion. Now. Uh, get ready. It's going to be informative. I give, uh, we had a conference that I, I run where Joel spoke on this last year, and I now give that disc to couples getting married. I have never heard a more godly but instructive uh, take on, on sexual intimacy in marriage as you're going to get from Joel Beakey. It is epic. Yep. And it'll be great. So we're going to preview his um, discussion uh, next week, and uh, that will not be live for those who are listening live right now. It will not be live. Um, so you'll have to just get the podcast when it comes out. So that's what's coming up. After Dr. Beaky, we'll have Dr. McGraw on to talk about uh, John Owen, of course. Um, not to criticize, but you know he's a John Owen expert, uh, to put it plainly. So um, he'll be on to talk about him, John Owen, as well. It's his 400th anniversary. So... Um, Look forward to that. Others, they're on the website. Dr. Morales will be on at the end of the month. And other, I've got, we've got guests lined up all the way into March. So, um, uh, so look forward to all those programs. If you want to find out more information, the website's always available. Well, almost always. Uh, confessingourhope.com. And uh, that's where you can get all the information. So until next time, we do thank you for listening to this particular edition, a lively edition. Um, of Confessing Our Hope, the podcast of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And God bless.